G'day and welcome to Kel's Gone Bush the podcast where I'm bringing you the craziest stories, characters and places from down under. So I finally had a story request. Somebody on Kel's Gone Bush the page on Facebook requested that I do something on the Gold Coast. So I am going to cover my time working for Australia's biggest stripping agency. Well, the Gold Coast stripping, biggest stripping agency at the time. To give you a bit of a background, I had no idea about the industry before I moved into a share house in Madhuri Bar, which is in the hinterland of the Gold Coast. And one of my housemates just happened to be a stripper. Before I lived with this chick, who I will call Katie, uh, that's what I call her in my book, just to for her own privacy, I guess. Uh, I thought that strippers just worked in strip clubs and they were paid to do so and uh, topless waitresses worked in seedy nightclubs in the city somewhere with, you know, sweaty, greasy businessmen and yeah, just, it was definitely an eye-opener living with Katie. So Katie actually was a triple X showgirl and refused to work in strip clubs and she told me why. Strip clubs generally uh, charge you to work there and you're not guaranteed any money whatsoever. So you could work there for eight hours, not get a lap dance or, or whatever, and yeah, you're not going to make any money. You're going to walk out of there and you'll have had to have paid a fee to actually work there in the first place. And on top of that, at the moment, well, at the moment, they're not working in Melbourne at all, but before COVID even happened, and everyone was locked down, the industry was already really competitive. I had just heard of girls that I thought were just smoking hot and pretty good at their job, competing and fighting for positions in strip clubs down there. And I would say that's because they don't have the amount of private work that uh, the Gold Coast, Perth and Darwin, etc. have. I'm not sure why. Uh, I did try and get skimpy work down there and that was just near impossible. The one bar job that they did have, I drove all the way down to Melbourne and let's just say I basically made my petrol money. So yeah, and I was told I'd make hundreds and hundreds of dollars and all this shit, but yeah, that was a load of shit. They just needed the job filled and didn't give a crap that I was driving three and a half hours each way to get there. So yeah, let's, let's just say I never worked in Melbourne again. So strip clubs are not the best way to make money if you're in that line of work and that's where the stripping agencies come in the lady that i worked for she moved to the gold coast when she was in her 20s and she signed up to work for a agency called catherine's now catherine was pretty much the only agency up there at the time this is like i'm talking probably 20 years ago now and she became pretty famous for having a billboard, like a massive billboard, and it was just her naked with the phone number and Catherine's. And she had all of the pub contracts and sent, so where I thought topless waitresses worked in dingy nightclubs in the city, not so much. They can be found in tradie pubs all over the Brisbane and Gold Coast, or you know, if you're in Newcastle area, Hunter Valley, Newcastle tradie pubs so it's not half the time you're in a beer garden <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, it, it's not in some dingy little club somewhere. Catherine's had the pubs for the topless waitresses and then she did the private gigs, so the Bucks parties and stuff like that, which I'll get to in a minute. And pretty much that, that was, she was the biggest one there. I'm pretty sure there was another one, a couple of other ones there, but she had the monopoly on the industry until my boss arrived. My boss worked for Catherine's for eight months and then pretty much stole half her pubs and her girls. And for years afterwards, Catherine would threaten anyone that came to work for her that if they worked for my boss as well, then they would get the sack. Which was pretty funny because my boss couldn't have given two shits who works for who. As long as her pubs get filled and her jobs get filled, she's fine. By the time I came along, my boss had probably oh, 15 plus pubs on the Gold Coast and Brisbane and also Lismore, uh, which is northern New South Wales. And it was hectic. I also had to learn how to talk to guys on the phone about booking girls and the types of shows that they wanted, which these shows were not what you would see in a strip club. Yeah, triple X shows. So you've got your vibrator shows and your fruit and veg shows and your big Greek salad, which I'm not going to tell you what that is. You can Google it. I don't know. I don't know if it's on Google, but yeah, just use your imagination. Um, needless to say, I couldn't eat Greek salad for ages. Um, they did lesbian duo shows. We had male strippers and oh my God, just on a little tangent, the male strippers were more bitchy than the female strippers. Sorry guys, but it's true. Seriously. I worked with a male stripper. He was the guy that trained me was a male stripper that broke his penis. Don't ask me how. I don't want to go, in, go into that. But he broke his penis and he couldn't work for a little while. So he was doing the phones when I came along um, to take over pretty much when he went back to work. And the shit he had to say about every other male stripper that was on the books, it was just like, Jesus, mate, are you just jealous or what? Like he just, yeah, he ran down every other guy's show and um, yeah, it was pretty funny, but I think they all had egos. Uh, I went with another guy, we were kind of, I think I had to drive him to a job um, at a pub and then another one on the way home to the Gold Coast and he had, yeah, he had a bit of an ego too. So I don't know. Yeah, it was just really funny to listen to that sort of shit coming out of a bloke's mouth because I just worked like, I used to be a plumber's labourer for fuck's sake. I wasn't used to these, like, <laughs> these guys with these egos and yeah, anyway. So, but the girls were pretty cool. Like, the girls were funny as, and they were loose as fuck. And I don't mean that in a horrible way. I mean as in they were out there. And it definitely made my job a lot more fun when, you know, you'd hear a funny story from one of the girls about a job they'd just been to and they needed to have a bit of a vent. And, yeah, you'd end up just having a big laugh. And, yeah, it was, it was good. So that was the upside to my uh, time as a receptionist. The downside was probably the phones and the guys that would call up. Most of the customers were pretty cool and um, genuine, but it was the Gold Coast. So you'd get these absolute fuckwits that would think because they had a bit of money, they could just talk to the girls the way they felt like and just, you know, talk about them like they were... I used to say to them, mate, you're not ordering pizza. I can't get you that specific girl. Like, I can try to get you, you know, as 
close to what you want as I can, but I can't just fucking cook you up a girl like, you know, you, I'm not a magician. So, yeah, it used to irritate me, I guess, because I'm a female myself and I'm just hearing about these guys and they're so entitled. When you've got a guy that's like 21 years old and him and 20 of his mates have all chucked in to make the night and they get, they're paying as much money as these rich guys, but they're so grateful for your help and they're so excited about this Bucks night or this 21st and they're so excited to like surprise their mate and you just... You really want to help them and you really want to make their night special whereas these dickheads with money that just think they're buying the girls you kind of want to just cancel the booking but you got to put your feelings and emotions aside and yeah just try and do your best because it's money and you know you, it's a job so yeah but it was a struggle for me not to you know I had to really bite my tongue at some points <laughs> Um, and then you get the guys that would ring you up at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night and they're drunk as fuck and they want you to just organise them a stripper and they want them there in half an hour and yeah, you had to really pick and choose which jobs you wanted to fill there. Also, I had two phones, so I had one phone for the customers to ring but then the other phone would be running hot and it was usually on a Friday morning because on Fridays we'd have, oh yeah all of the pubs and some of the pubs had three or four girls coming for the afternoon and so even though we had heaps of girls on our books it was a shit show because you would confirm all of these jobs all of these pub bookings the night before and then one by one in the morning you'd just get text after text oh i can't come in my boyfriend's cracked it at me and he said i can't do it anymore or my car's broken down or oh, i've just realized i've got tonsillitis i thought i did but now i just realized i do have it and you know in the end like i started off being like oh no you poor thing and in the end i ended up cracking it at some poor girl <laughs> And she rang up and said she had gastro. And at that point, I'd been working in this job for two years. I'd had the phones, sometimes 24-7 for five days straight without a break. And I just got so sick of hearing it that I was like, I don't believe you. Go and do your job. I'm not feeling this. You just confirmed last night. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the poor thing rang the other girl from the office that was... Um, wasn't in but she's like I really do have it and that's it I'm quitting after I go and do this job the poor girl was driving to the job throwing up and I was like I felt so terrible because I just yeah it wasn't her fault and I ended up <laughs> apologizing profusely about that because she actually was really sick so yeah you can imagine I felt like the world's worst person another time and this was so bad another girl and she was sort of a friend kind of thing like she wasn't we weren't very close or whatever but she was a really good friend of a girl that lived with my boss and so it was like I knew her beyond the job and she rang me up she was going away to Gove which is where I first went and met my daughter's father and all of that and so she was flying up to Gove the next day and she had a pub job or or an Arvo job or something like that she had a job to go to the night before and she rang me up and she said, oh, it's my last night with my boyfriend before I go away. I just, you know, I really just want to spend that night with him and I, can you please fill my job? And I'm like, okay. I was like, oh, what could I do? So I was so frustrated. I rang the other, my offsider 
to vent and I'm like, fucking hell, fucking Asher. And I'm like venting and then I'm like, take a breath and I just hear, Kelly, this is Asher. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then what do you even say? You can't say anything. I was just really lucky that she had a sense of humor and that she kind of understood what I was going through when it came to the jobs and the pressure and my boss who, um, yeah, like my boss, I love her to death, but she would come in and be like, I don't know why this is so hard. Why don't you just put this girl here and this girl there? And they're like, you'll be like in trouble for not being able to fill jobs. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of pressure. So I was kind of, she could kind of understand, but I ended up buying her a box of chocolates and a card because I felt so terrible. So it was safe to say after about two years of being in that office, I needed a bit of a break and it all came to a head. And if you have listened to my intro, you're going to hear this again. Uh, it all came to a head on a Saturday afternoon when I had the phones and I'd confirmed all the bookings. But then that morning a girl rang up and she's like, I can't do Burp and Gary. And I'm like, fucking Burp and Gary of all places. It's north, north, north Brisbane, like south Sunshine Coast on the Bruce Highway. So it's a long way from anyone, really, unless the girl lived on the Sunshine Coast. We had like three girls that lived on the Sunshine Coast and none of them were available. I tried so hard to get somebody to drive up there and it was just impossible. And... Finally, I heard back from a girl that lived in Surface Paradise and I kind of lived just out of Surface, so that was handy um, <laughs> because as it turned out, I had to drive her because she didn't have a flipping car. So now I'm on a two and a half drive up the highway with the phones and the pub book and <laughs> Bucks Night book. So we had two different appointment books, one for private parties and one for the pubs. And I just gave them to the girl. I'm like, look, can you just... And she's like, this text just came in. What do I do? I'm like, just text him I said this. Just text him I said that. We finally get to Burp and Gary. And uh, the pub guy, the manager comes out because he was really worried that no one was going to show up. And I was calling him from the road going, don't worry, mate. The girl's coming. I'm driving her myself. And we get there and we both get out of the car and he thought it was me that was working. And I was like what and he's I said no 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 this is the chick she's here she's you know so they went inside and I sat in the car park in Burpengary taking bookings and you know filling in jobs that were being cancelled by girls or or blokes that have just cancelled their party and then I have to fix everything so yeah and I'm sitting there and I just thought to myself that guy thought I could do it. Like, he thought I was the girl. And I kind of had an epiphany because I was on $15 an hour. Yeah, I know, it was ridiculous, but it was a long time ago, so it kind of wasn't that bad. But I was on $15 an hour, and this chick is in there, and she's going to walk out after two or three hours with 300 bucks. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? So I rang my housemate, Katie and I said I've decided that's it I'm gonna try it let's go away let's go do a, um, a, a mining town and because we had Kalgoorlie in WA which is a gold mining town and Gove which is up in the Northern Territory which you've heard me bang on about in other episodes so 
she's gone to me, well, let's book into Kalgoorlie together. And I said, we can't because we only send one girl at a time there, so we can't go together. So we'll have to go to Gove. And she's like, oh, shit, well, that's if I'm allowed back because she's been banned about three times from Gove because um, she doesn't drink alcohol, but she likes to drink grenadine, which is that really strong... It's like red cordial, but um, red cordial on steroids. And then she, you know, does things like do splits on the bar and hangs off the ceiling fans, which is really entertaining for everybody except for management don't really like it. And I don't know why. What the fuck do they want topless girls up there for if they don't want people doing splits on the bars? You'd think they'd be tipping us. But anyway. So anyway, we had to check and make sure that Katie could actually go back. And then I had to convince my boss to let me cross over from to the other side, which she'd kind of been expecting because it's happened so many times before don't know why yeah so I thought she'd be a bit upset but she wasn't and she even gave me costumes and all of that sort of stuff because um as I'm going to explain you need all of that stuff when you go away to work so I ended up booking in to go and I gave myself a month to get in shape and I did all that and then I did one practice job in Brisbane in the city which wasn't as scary as I actually thought it would be um, and then that was it. We were on a plane and we flew to Gove and I spent two weeks there, which was a great apprenticeship to being a skimpy because you're basically thrown in the deep end. You have to work every night, whether you like it or not. And you're there for a few hours every night. So yeah, and I, I copped it. I copped it off this big fat lady that and her husband and they were both absolute assholes to me that at one point I said, that's it. And I went out the back and okay so sorry about this just gonna quickly explain as i said before i'd explain these little outfits so when you're in a mining town you're a skimpy behind the bar and you basically wear like little schoolgirls' outfits or nurses outfits or something like that and then you take a jug around the bar every couple of hours and you get tips to take off some of your clothing this is this we do that a few times a night and then we'd go say half an hour topless and then you'd put your clothes back on and do it all again what happened was these guys with this lady and her husband were so rude to me and my housemate Kay was sick that night so I was on my own and I was a freshie so I cracked it and I went out the back and I put on a massive big um, orange shirt that some miner had probably left behind and I went back out and I'm like, I'm not going to walk around in skimpy clothes while these two are in the bar being absolute fucking assholes to me. And the rest of the blokes in the bar cracked it. And they didn't crack it at me. They cracked it at them. And so they made them feel that uncomfortable. They ended up leaving. And um, I put, yeah, I took the shirt back off and I said, thanks, guys. So... I kind of learnt to stick up for myself and you do, you either sink or you swim, there's no one there that's going to hold your hand and go, oh, are you okay? Because no one gives a shit. The bar staff don't give a shit. Half the time the bar staff don't like you. So your best bet is to try and get them on side straight away. But yeah, you, you definitely need to throw, grow a thick skin. So I went back to the Gold Coast and I was, you know, working part-time in the office and doing the pubs and stuff around Brisbane and the Gold Coast as well but eventually I was like I am just no I don't want to do the office anymore so I went into doing the skimpy work full-time and then I ended up moving up north and I was doing a pub up there and they ended up 
asking me to do their girls for them. So I was back to doing what I was doing on the Gold Coast, except it was my own show this time. Darwin was a little bit different to the Gold Coast though. The Gold Coast, by the time I left, it was starting to get very competitive with the agents. So there were new agencies popping up and trying to take my boss's pub. So what happened to Catherine's was now happening to everybody that had venues and the monopoly. As, as I've heard over the years, because I'd never really kept up with the Gold Coast because I never went back there, not to work anyway, and I've found out it's just been absolutely flooded the market now. So there's way too many agents and not enough pubs and not enough jobs to go around. So it's just, yeah, it's not the same. It's You may as well just work for yourself these days. The agencies, it's just not worth starting up an agency because it's a, a small pond with too many fish <laughs> is the best analogy I can give you. And it just seems like it was it, it was a bit funny to watch because I do remember I worked before I left for Darwin. Um, I worked with a girl and she just started with this agency. I don't know if she'd been a topless waitress before, but she just started with Pin Up Promotions, the agency I was working for, and she was a bitch. Like she was lovely to me, but the guys, it was like she absolutely hated men. And I'm like, what are you doing this for if you don't like blokes? Like you're there to give them a good time. And I don't mean it like give them a good time. I mean, you're there to have a laugh, have a joke, be friendly, have a smile. You don't need to be a bitch to them before they've even done anything. In the end, we, we had a few jobs together. So we went in the, her car and oh my God, I thought I had road rage. This bitch had a fucking temper. And I get it, Brisbane's fucked to drive in. So I didn't judge her for that. It was when we got on this boat and she was just left, right and centre, just nasty remarks to these guys or just being, you know, oh, I'm too good for you type thing. And I'll give it to her. She was smoking hot. but And compared to her, I was this short little blonde with no boobs. And she's this tall, busty brunette that looked like she just stepped off the cover of a magazine. But I had all the blokes at one end of the boat where I was sort of working around going, what's wrong with your mate? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. She's just started, I guess. And she just, yeah, she's a bit um, uptight. <laughs> I don't really know what's wrong with her. Cause, yeah. Anyway, but um, so the point of this story is fucking six months after I leave and move to Darwin, I'm on Facebook and here she is. She started her own agency. And it was hilarious because I'm like, you don't even like the job. Why are you trying to be an agent in this industry? You don't like your customers. Like, I've seen it. And then she starts writing nasty shit and all these, um, yeah, cause you're on all these Facebook groups for work and jobs and stuff. So I seen, yeah, she's ragging out her girls as well. Uh, and I remember her having a big hissy fit because one of the agencies she lost her car keys or something and one of the agencies weren't happy about it and she's like oh you know i lost i can't help it if i lose my car keys six months later she's bitching about these other girls that cars broken down and they don't want to catch a cab for an hour to their job which is fair enough because their job's not going to pay enough to be make it worth an hour cab ride are you going to pay for the cab love no so 
Oh, it was just insane. So you got people like this that don't even like the job. They don't like the customers. They don't like the girls that work for them. And yet they, yeah, she didn't last at all. I haven't seen her her agency pop up at any time recently. So, yeah, you kind of have to actually like what you're doing to be successful. So that was the Gold Coast. I move up to Darwin and it's the opposite well, maybe not now, but back then, years ago, 2011, there was one agent up there and she was hilarious because I'm pretty sure she had an ice habit. She'd stolen money from one of the pubs that I worked at and somehow avoided jail. The last I heard of her, she's over in Spain because she's not able to get back in this country because she's some tax evasion or something like that. Anyway, I didn't know any of this then so I took a few jobs off her and yeah I ended up going you know what I'm just gonna work for myself and by doing that I by default got my own agency started because I got asked to organize all these parties that I couldn't do and then yeah as I said before the guy I was working for at this pub asked me to start organizing the girls because I was going to stop working as I felt full and pregnant so yeah, I just became just by default an agent. And so I had this pub and I had all these girls working for me in the pub. And then, you know, I wouldn't get a lot of private work, but in the dry season up there, there's a lot of tourists. So I'd get fishing charters and stuff like that. And then at Christmas time, bucks parties and all of that sort of stuff. However, things have changed a lot in the last 10 years and there aren't so many more girls up there now competing for work and Woolworths took over the pub I was dealing with and got rid of me because they uh they're Woolworths <laughs> and they didn't want topless girls in their pub so yeah I don't really do a lot up there anymore I've had a few guys ask me to organize them girls for parties but by the time you organize the girls they've booked through someone else and then they'll ring you like at last minute the night before to tell you those girls have fallen through and actually can you arrange and work and I ended up getting jack of that and I just went no so the industry is completely different now it used to be there'd be a couple of agencies and then the waitresses and the strippers that would work for them and that was that nowadays pretty much the girls work for themselves and there's way too many agencies in Australia <laughs> for anyone to actually really make money. I mean, there are a, few, a couple of them that still have the monopoly on their area. I know uh, in Perth, there's a couple of agents that are doing really well, but it's pretty fair to say the industry's evolved since I first started. Uh, girls, as I said, girls are working for themselves now and with, with the web the way that it is, with Facebook, with Instagram, you don't need an agent to book you out. Especially if you're looking at pub work in a place like Darwin where they book in their own girls. You don't need to be booking in with an agent to get that particular pub shift. However, if you're on the Gold Coast, Brisbane or Perth, for example, they usually have agencies contracted to certain pubs. So therefore, if you did want to work at that pub, you need to go through that agency. So it's different wherever you go and there's upsides and downsides of both of it i mean the upside to working for yourself is you control who you work for when you work and you get all the money and you name your fucking price 
you're working for an agency, you're still probably gonna get the money that you would charge anyway, but they might add extra on top of that and then as their admin fee or booking fee. So they're making money as well. It just depends on where, where you are in the country and who you would wanna work for if you were in that line of work. So yeah, there are what they call stripper wars. <laughs> Well, and the backstory to that is um, I wrote a book called Skimpy, as you all probably know, and my publishers at the time said, you know, what what is it like working in this industry? And I said, oh, sometimes it's like fucking stripper wars the way everyone carries on. You know, you've got agencies fighting each other for pub contracts and girls fighting each other for jobs and or just fighting for work. And, um, you know, it's a in an industry where there's a lot of females working together there's a bit of bitchiness you know it can get a bit nasty generally most of the girls are good mates but you know it's fucking of course it's gonna have its ups and downs with the cattiness so they laughed and they said oh you need to write that book and i did try but i think i was just bored of after writing skimpy i was just bored of the whole thing and i ended up writing a different book which i'll talk about in a different episode but yeah, so there is that whole strip wars side of it. I know when I was booking girls into the pub that I had up in Darwin, I had heaps of dramas with girls, you know, it's just not showing up or there was one girl I was warned about from WA not to book into my pub because she was just nothing but trouble and that she would either try and take my pub or sabotage the shift or whatever and I gave her a chance because I believe that you should give everyone a go and make up your own mind and I regretted it. She didn't show up and then she basically told me that it was my own fucking fault she didn't show up because I'm an agent and I should expect that. Meanwhile this girl has her own agency in WA so needless to say I was pretty pissed off and I kind of felt like she just didn't show up on purpose to make me look bad but that didn't work. I lost the pub anyway, thanks to Woolworths, so <laughs> nice try. Um, yeah, so that, that was another downside. And another little thing, as I said before, that does come with the job was judgment. And, you know, like the couple in the bar when I did my first skimpy shift, uh, my first skimpy gig, they were horrible to me just because of what I was doing. And that is something that girls and probably blokes cop in the industry all the fucking time. When Skimpy was written and published, Mamma Mia, the website, um, Mia Friedman, they did a article on it. They did an extract of the book. And the book has about three or four chapters on me doing Skimpy work or whatnot. And the rest of it's like me driving across the country in a troopie, me battling snakes in my kitchen, you know, being pregnant in the bush by myself, like all of these empowering woman stories, you know, driving across the country pregnant by myself, living in the bush by myself pregnant, like didn't know anything about cars and having to do bush mechanics. No, nah, didn't address any of that shit. Just put in the bit where I was working for a stripping agency and I had to ask girls to show me their boobs because I accidentally sent out a girl with really bad stretch marks because she had heaps of kids out to a job and oh my god I got smashed on the comments and I was like dude like seriously they didn't really put this in context and besides which what 
oh yeah anyway thanks Mia so there's a lot of judgment I also found another article by this chick I'm not even going to go there and give it airtime for a name or anything but she was just bagging out topless waitresses and the whole skimpy industry in um, WA because it's huge over there because it's degrading to women and no wonder men look at women like objects and that it's fine if a girl thinks it's okay for her but she's just letting all women down because then men go and look at women in the street like they're just sexual objects it's like fuck off seriously go and get a root oh fucking hell look i'm sorry i believe in being a feminist but that is not being a feminist that's dragging down women for doing something that empowers them and makes them a shitload of fucking money. If a girl wants to go and do that job, who are you to tell her she can't? You're just as bad as the blokes that tell women what to do. Fuck off. Get a life. Nobody's ragging out your job being a journo, being a fucking, you know, having an opinion on fucking everything. So just, yeah, I, it just really annoys me when people say it's degrading to women. <laughs> These girls aren't forced to do this shit. And it's the same as when I, I did this in Aubrey. I did a bikini job in a uh, bottle in Wodonga, sorry, Aubrey Wodonga, border town. And the paper went to town on me. Apparently, me being in the bottle shop in a bikini and a singlet top that covered my entire bikini, so there was no point anyway, it was encu encouraging violence against women. How the fuck does that work? I am going to wrap that up there, or I could rant all day. I will definitely be back with more stories uh, in the future, though. Hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you some of the funny ones, but I just wanted to go into a bit of the history of uh, my experience in the industry and where it was and where it's at today. If any girls listening to this and wanted to get into that line of work, feel free to hit me up. I'm on... Facebook with Kel's Gone Bush and I can give you some tips and advice or if anyone's got any questions um, or yeah any any comments on this episode definitely feel free to DM me in uh, Instagram or Facebook Kel's Gone Bush so I'm gonna leave it there for now anyway and next week uh, I'm thinking about doing something on a outrageous Australian character. I'm not going to tell you who yet, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the research. As I've just mentioned, any story, ideas, suggestions, feedback, Kel's Gone Bush on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also have a book out called Skimpy, Outrageous True Tales of Crocs, Snakes, and Pulling Bees in the Outback, or Top End, depending if you're on the ebook or the print version which is available through all online bookstores kindle uh ebooks and itunes is it itunes ibooks god i don't have an ipad so i wouldn't know <laughs> anyway guys thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed my rambles about the stripping industry and i will be back next week but until then hell has gone